everyone. This is the Crime Cafe, your podcasting source of great crime suspense and thriller writing. I'm your host, Debbie Mack. Before I bring on my guest, I'll just remind you that the Crime Cafe has two ebooks for sale the nine book box set and the short story anthology. You can find the buy links for both on my website, debbiemack.com, under the Crime Cafe link. You can also get a free copy of either book if you become a Patreon supporter. You'll get that and much more if you support the podcast on Patreon, along with our eternal gratitude for doing so. But first, let me put in a good word for Blueberry Podcasting. I'm a Blueberry affiliate, but that's not the only reason I'm telling you this. I've been using Blueberry Podcasting as my hosting service for my podcast for years, and it's one of the best decisions I ever made. They give great customer service, you're in complete control of your own podcast, you can run it from your own website, and it just takes a lot of the work out of podcasting for me. I find for that reason that it's a company that I can get behind 100% and say, you should try this. Try Blueberry. It doesn't require a long-term contract, and it's just a great company, period. And it also has free technical support by email, video, and phone. So you can get a human being there. Isn't that nice? Hi, everyone. My guest today is the author of two crime and mystery series. One is the David Good PI series. And as you can see, if you're watching me on video or not see, if you're listening, I'm holding up my Kobo with the second David Good book queued up and ready to read. Um, I am a big fan at this point of the Good series. And also it is a good series, <laughs> more than just the uh, protagonist. He also writes the Banbury Cross murder mysteries, which I haven't tried yet, but they certainly sound interesting. Originally from London, he now lives in rural Northamptonshire in the Midlands. I'm pleased to have with me crime writer Ben Westerham. Hi, Ben. How are you doing today? Hello, Debbie. I'm not so bad, and it's great to be here. Been looking awesome. forward to this for quite a while. <laughs> I know. It took long enough. Huh? I mean, my gosh, I cannot believe how many people are signing up for this thing. I'm booked into 2024, believe it or not. You're super popular, aren't you? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know how this happened. <laughs> I don't know. It's one of those inexplicable things. Um, I got to say that one of the things I enjoyed about David, the, good, the first David Good novel was that it was a hard-boiled private eye story with a distinctive British feel to it. And I've read all kinds of British fiction, all kinds of private eye fiction, but this one really felt like Raymond Chandler channeled through a British veil or a British with a British accent and a feel of almost parody about it, but not quite. Um, what is that what you're going for here? Is it parody? I'm is delighted it... to hear you say that. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, when I, when I, when I sat down to decide what I wanted to write for the first series, I mean, I, I, you know, I'm not surprised now, I read a lot of crime. And um, so, so immediately I was drawn to crime. And I did then think I wouldn't mind having a go at hard-boiled, but I couldn't get myself just to write straight hard-boiled. I think in no small part, it's the old imposter syndrome thing. You, know, you just think so many other people have done it so well. I'm going to come along. What am I going to do? Um, but I, 
I do like humour as well. So what I've tried to do is exactly those bits that you've already mentioned was to bring the hard-boiled together with a British take on it and humour. So not comedy, but humour. So you get a nice mix. Because sometimes the harder edges, it's, there's a nice counterpoint when you can bring in a bit of humour as well. So, yeah, I'm delighted to hear you say that. Well, that's great because that's the way it comes across to me. And it's humor with a U. So, I mean, it definitely has the whole, the, all your Britishisms. I just love them. Yeah, I mean, well, that's, uh, they yeah, pop that's quite in there and it just, yeah. <laughs> it's awesome. I mean, it's like the irony is that uh, Raymond Chandler spent a lot of time in England mm -hmm. as a child. So, it's almost like, okay, this seems perfectly natural somehow, even though he's so associated with Southern California, this felt yep. natural and, and fun and good to me. Um, how many books have you written for the series? Um, people ask me this and then I, I go, oh, um, because I forget there's like the box set. So I think there's seven now in that particular one in total. Seven. Wow. Um, but um, I've been writing some short stories for that series as well. So I'm just deciding at the moment what I'm going to do with those. Excellent. So yeah, there will be some more coming along. That's great. That's a great idea. Um, do you have more novels planned for the series? I've got um, no end of ideas. I, mean, I don't know if you find this yourself. I, you know, ideas just pop into your head all the time. So you jot them down. You add them to that never-ending list of ideas that you've got. Um, some of them, yeah, for David, good. Some are for the Banbury Cross Murder Mystery Series. And I've decided to make things more difficult for myself by coming up with a third series, which I'm hoping to publish the first book on that this year. So I suspect there won't be another David Good this year, but there could possibly be another one next year. And there will be other ones going forward because I just, I love writing those. I think partly because they're, it's the fact they're written in the first person. And I, re I, I said sometimes to people, I feel as though I'm not merely standing there with good. I'm like a parrot sitting on his shoulder. I'm that close. And you just follow him around. <laughs> and it's just, they're just fantastic to write. <laughs> yes. Yes, it is. Absolutely. Um, you capture a lot of London, the locations in London in, in the book as well. Do you do that in a deliberate way to try to create a London feel to the um, to, to the story, make London a character, as it were. Yeah, well, I, I do that. Um, partly, um, I've, I've lived in London, well, on at least a couple of occasions. The first one I won't remember because I, we moved when we were four, when I was four. Um, yes, I can remember barely nothing of that, but that was South London. And then the second time I had a stint for about was about a year to 18 months. Again, I was spending most of my time in South London. So I was pretty familiar with that territory, which is why I decided to set the David Good stories there. And I do think with those kind of books, you really want to do your best to get across the feel of the place, the sights, the sounds, the smells, everything. So, yeah, I, I definitely try and put as much in there as I can without overwhelming people. Yeah, yeah. Um, do you do a lot of research before you write a story? Um, generally speaking, no. I do do some research. Um, but I've, well, with the David Good books, I've written into the dark. I've been a pantser. You know, no plotting, therefore no research. I know 
where they're set, I know my characters, they're already built up. And honestly, with David Good, I can just sit down, a sentence will come into my head, and I'm gone. And I just follow him. And um, I'm definitely one of those writers, once I start, I don't stop to check up street names and things like that. I will just write down X, Y, Z if I need to. And I will come back and do that little bit of research later on and just fill it in just so I can keep the flow going. So it does vary a bit. With the Banbury Cross murder mysteries, I did a little bit more research, um, partly because I didn't pants those. I plotted those out for a bit of variety. <laughs> so that kind of, it worked to do it like that. But with David Good, no, I just write, tidy up afterwards. <laughs> I love it. It's just so cool. Um, tell us about the Banbury Cross mysteries. What are, what are they about? I know they're about an inspector and a sergeant. Yeah, well, um, again, there's going to be a common theme to that that we've already touched on. Um, I wanted a second series, uh, like so many crime authors and readers, like Agatha Christie, I like. And Banbury, if you, if you ever get the chance to visit the town, although it's changed quite a lot over the last two or three decades, it's got a definite feel about it that you can use for those kind of stories. Um, until fairly recently, it was pretty agricultural still in an English kind of way. Um, and then it's got lots of other towns around it, like Leamington Spa and Warwick, that are not too far away, which you can draw into the stories. So I decided I'd write something a little bit along the lines of Agatha Christie, but set in right at the very end of the 1950s is the first story, and then they move into the early 1960s. So they're murder mysteries, but again, I just couldn't help myself. There's an undercurrent of humour through those as well. And a little, little, little bit of romance just thrown in. <laughs> That's very cool. Um, so, is it kind of like a cozy slash police procedural? Um, I had to get used to some of these terminologies because, uh, as you may already have heard from people in the UK, it's a crime or it's a murder mystery, really. So, I've had to get <laughs> used to the notion of a cozy mystery. Um, it's not a. There's no blood and gore. There's no sex or anything. Um, but I wouldn't quite drop it into the cosy if you just think of Agatha Christie it's that's the place where I'm pitching it really to say we just with that element of humor that sounds good um what uh, made you decide to create a second series and now a third um well partly it goes back to the thing I was mentioning earlier that you get so many ideas and you can park them for so long um and then the the draw to them gets too strong. You've got to do something with them. What I find there as well is there comes a point quite often where if I've got an idea, if I don't do something with it, it's gone. Mm -hmm. I can't really go back to it without forcing things along. It doesn't come to me naturally anymore. Um, sometimes you don't like to let them go. So you've got to deal with it. I also wanted something that was um, that would give me the opportunity to just set David Good to one side, take a break from it and write something else. Um, and I must admit as well, the being able to switch from first person to third person, that in itself is a nice change because as a writer, it gives you different options and it's nice exactly. to have those available to you. Yeah. So you, you've got a broader style of writing. Yes, absolutely. Um, where is Banbury in England? Banbury. Um, if you pitch where London is, Yes. Then o Oxford is about 30 or 40 miles north of London. 
and then Banbury is about another 20 miles north of Oxford. It's, it's right up in the northern um, border area of Oxfordshire. Mm. And it's actually only, it's only about nine miles away from where I live, which is why I know it reasonably well and part of the reason I've set the stories there. Yeah, good, good, uh, good approach there. Um, what books do you enjoy reading? I actually read very widely, which again, I think is quite common with authors. So I've always got a fiction book on the go and at least one non-fiction. Um, so you might be able to see behind me on the bookshelves there, there's lots of history books. So I'm a history graduate and naturally enough, I read lots of history books. Um, I might sometimes have a couple of non-fiction books on the go because one might be to do with writing or marketing, that kind of thing. Um, but in terms of the fiction, I'll, I read lots of crime and mysteries, but I read pretty much anything, sci-fi, fantasy. Um, P.G. Woodhouse is one of my favourite authors, so I'll read him as well. Um, yeah, anything that really looks like it could be a good read. Just out of curiosity, you mentioned fantasy. Do you uh, enjoy Terry Pratchett by any chance? You know, I haven't read any of his books. I did oh, see, my. I did see one of his books um, as a play quite some time ago, and and I watched Good Omens on on the telly, which obviously he did with Neil Gaiman. But um, yeah, for some reason, I've never got round to reading any of his books. I keep thinking I need to. But I need you to should. wait for a gap on the shelf before I can buy Oh, some he's, he's just fantastic. There. He's fantastic. I love him. Um, have you thought about issuing audiobooks? Yes, that's, that's definitely something that's on my to-do list. Um, and I do get asked about that occasionally. But the one thing I have decided there is it won't be me that's going to be <laughs> reading. I think there's a definite art to doing that. <laughs> and that's not one that I possess. So um, now that's something I'd like to start working on those by the end of this year. The view to starting to get some out next year. Um, so, so I've had, I have been asked about them and it's, as you might know yourself, is a bit of a growth market as well. So it's, uh, it's got yes. some attraction. Yes, very much so. Um, do you have like a schedule on which you release your books or do you just come out with them as fast as you can and get them out there? <laughs> Yeah, I did. It's funny, you know, I, have, um, I used to have a timetable that I more or less worked to up until COVID came along. And then it completely destroyed my you know, ways of working. It just went right out the window. Um, and although I've largely recovered from that, I've not been able to get things back on track. And there did come a point last year where I just had to accept trying to set deadlines and get things out to a schedule. I was just giving myself stress because I simply couldn't be sure that I was going to meet those deadlines. So at the moment, I take quite a relaxed approach, both to the number of books I'll write and release each year, the deadlines associated with those. But I do want to get back to something that was a little bit better planned out moving forward. Um, I think there's things, we're all, almost back to normal here now, um, but not quite. Oh, boy, I can so relate to everything you're saying. The whole idea of taking it easy as far as pushing yourself too hard mm. or any of that. Um, and that, those are all great thoughts. But um, just other people around the house. I don't know if you find this. And you'll let people know that you're, don't interrupt me, please. And 
the door still opens and as soon as your concentration's broken <laughs> well with me it's a little different my husband is real good about that <laughs> i have to give him lots and lots of props for um putting up with what i i've been doing in terms of like so much stuff writing podcasting it's gotten um interesting um did you do book signings at any point before the I, uh no i haven't yet and um it was interesting that because again it's one of those things that i've been asked about but mm -hmm. it's actually i've whenever i've looked i'd say about three quarters of my readers are in the us so i could do book signings in the uk and i probably will do it at some point but actually if i really want to reach most of my readers i've got to hop on a plane <laughs> Which yeah, obviously I kind that. of been a non-starter <laughs> for a while. <laughs> I would so love to do a book signing in, in some other country, but I'd have to hop on a plane. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and all of that stuff. Unless it's now, Canada. I'll send, send out the occasional signed book, but yeah, that's all I've got to so far. <laughs> um, what are you working on now? Um, well, I've just had back um, from my editor the next in the Banbury Cross murder mystery series. Um, that was one of those books where even though I'd planned it out, it kept getting longer and longer. <laughs> so it's, it's the longest of those stories so far. So I've got quite a lot of um, changes to go through, um, which I've, I've started on those now. So that will be released later this year. Um, and I mentioned I've got um, a third series coming out, which uh, John Buchan type stories. Have you read any of John Buchan, The 39 Steps? Oh, so the, I've not read the story. I've seen the movie. <laughs> yeah. Well, that, that's John Buchan. So, he, you know, he wrote quite a few of those kind of boys' own type stories. Oh, wow. My plan is to write a, a three book or at least a three book series of those type of stories. Oh. Um, so the first one's done. That's ready to go. But I don't like to release just the first book without having the second one either available or very close to being available. So that will be the next one that I actually sit down and write. Mm. Very good. Um, how do you generally connect with fans? Um, well, as I mentioned to you when we were getting ready for, for this session, this is the first time I've done one of these. I'm a classic <laughs> introverted author. Um, <laughs> which you know, for the the giveaway i've stretched myself a bit more by putting that uh, prize in there of a, a zoom call with the the winner so that would be interesting to see how that goes that that's the kind of thing i want to do more of because up until now mostly it's through social media and my newsletter um i do sometimes i will get very few emails and then other times particularly if there's an email a, a newsletter gone out or a new books gone out i'll get lots and I do like to still take the time to reply individually to those. So I, I don't yet get the volume where that's completely out of the question, but sometimes it is a bit of a stretch. But no, I, I want to get my face and voice uh, into the world a little bit more now. Understood. Yeah, I mean, I know how you feel about the whole introvert thing, and it's hard to put yourself out there. But it is, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> it is. It really is. Um, what would you advise to people who are interested in writing for a living? 
writing for a living is very difficult. <laughs> that's the first thing. Yes, it, even since Amazon came along, that's that's quite difficult. Um, I think the more general thing about writing is just it's just the most obvious one. Just sit down and write. It's um, yeah. You know, I know with me that I I wrote. I think I put this in the the blog post. I I wrote what I refer to as bits and pieces for decades. You know, I can remember a story I wrote when I was 10 or 11 years old. And ever since then, I've written in bits and pieces. And it just got to the point where one lunchtime at work, I thought, this is just stupid. I can't carry on like this. I've got to make that commitment. And I just picked up an old desk diary and a pen. I went off to lunch, had something to eat, and I just started writing. Just the first idea that came to my head. And I didn't stop at all until I got to the end. It's, it was, it still is, it's on a shelf over there gathering dust. Utter, utter rubbish. But that doesn't matter. <laughs> because once you've done that for the first time, you know you can do it. You don't have to persuade yourself. You, you've done it. Um, so that's the thing to do is just to sit down and write. And remember that nobody, absolutely nobody, is going to get to see anything you've written until and unless you choose to share. That's it. That's exactly it. Um... To go back to your Banbury Cross series for a second, it's got two mm. people in it who are like protagonists. Are they like oil and water? Do they conflict? That um, are they was an interesting. odd couple? <laughs> yeah. So this is um, yeah, in, Inspector Dykeman and his Sergeant Shapes. Well, when I was deciding what characters I wanted the two of those to be, yeah, I did. I did at first think I just have the you know, the classic clashing types. Uh -huh. um, two people that are very different and I just thought again no, lots of people have done that I'll just spin it ever so slightly so you've got um, inspect inspectors slightly well a few years younger than his sergeant um, who's a bit of a grump um, mm. has been without any kind of romantic interest in his life for a very long time um, but at the same time they're close enough to understand one another and to get along together well so I just wanted to have a, some differences between them, but also for them to be a, a good match with one another. So they were a good pair. And I take it they're more like puzzle mysteries. Yes, those, yeah, they are that, that kind of Sagath Christie type things where you have got a chance as the reader to try and work out who That's it was that did cool. it. And there are some red herrings dropped in there. In fact, I've had particularly good time with the one I'm writing at the moment because um, my brain was very fertile when I was writing that one. And I've got wow. more in there even than normal. So one of the things I'll have to do when I'm going back through it is deciding whether or not I've overdone it. <laughs> wow, that's great. Uh, is there anything else you'd like to add before we finish up? Um, I don't think so, really. Just to thank you again for having me on the show. It's absolutely fantastic. <laughs> well, I had a great time. Thank you for, for being here. It was great uh, talking to you. And um, I will just say in closing, uh, I want to remind everybody to please check out the Crime Cafe nine book set and short story anthology. You can find the links uh, in the program notes. You can also get free copies if you become a Patreon supporter, along with the other perks we provide. So do give it a look. Um, our final guest of the season will be John Robb, 
So I'll see you in two weeks. Meanwhile, take care and happy reading.